And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20. When you do that, you get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we have got to get in depth on a story that, believe it or not, I actually think is a way bigger negative deal than I think what you're going to hear about in the general Rockies atmosphere right now. A bad thing that has happened again inside the Rockies analytics department. We got to talk a little bit about some news about when we're even going to have some baseball. But Patrick, first, we have to begin somewhere that never in my five years of doing this podcast, never in your couple of years of doing it with me, have we ever done a sentence I've never said before. And I apologize because I think more even than hating that so much baseball news is dominated by the Dodgers and the Yankees, Rockies fans really loathe that so much sports news is dominated by football, but we have to begin today's podcast across town with the Denver Broncos. Mm. Never started an episode of the DNVR Rockies podcast or the BSN Rockies podcast or anything at the row I ever did before that saying we got to talk about the Broncos. But Patrick, you and I have been talking all off season and people all across Rockyton have been talking about this whole problem of Dick Monfort being the on hands-on man uh, owner uh, all the mistakes that Jeff Breidich has made in PR land as well as on the field where the team stands right now and and trying to identify if there's any way out of this that's outside of what the Colorado Rockies characteristically right won't do they're not going to sell the team they usually don't fire GMs this quickly after they've been hired stuff like that and then the Broncos today announced this news John Elway, and you've talked about this element to, of it too, so I really want to get your take on this part. John Elway, a, a, a guy you can't really fire because of what he means to the Denver Broncos, steps away from being the general manager of the team, but does not leave the team. And, and it remains to be seen, but man, even the news of this, like they're throwing parades in Bronco land today after this god-awful season you've talked about how you can win the news cycle back. They didn't fire anybody. They haven't even hired a new GM yet. All they've said is John Elway is not making the on-field decisions anymore. Someone else is gonna come in and do that. And he's gonna take care of the PR stuff. And I don't think there's a one-to-one -one comparison with the Rockies, 
because I don't think you want Jeff Breidich becoming team president. Um, you know, you would want someone else to come in here and do that. But, you know, you and I have talked about some of the things that billionaire owners do and do not respond to and do and do not listen to. But when the guy across town, when the organization across town responds to their lack of success in this way and shows you a roadmap where you don't have to make anyone necessarily the bad guy, even if you don't want to. I, I actually feel, cause I know they see this stuff, you know, Dick Mumford's not reading through the press clippings every day. He's not listening to this podcast all the time, but he saw what they did over there. And I think this is really fascinating. How you doing, Dick? Hope you're having a good new year. He does listen once in a while. Uh, this is usually the Monday one that he'll check it on. So we appreciate that, Dick. But yeah, they they created a new job. They created a new position essentially by by giving Elway that raise or or moving him over into a different post, and it gets a new voice, likely one from outside the organization. Baseball is different, where you can kind of employ from the inside uh, in a lot of ways, but. You know, the Rockies would benefit just like the Broncos will benefit from a new voice, bringing in somebody new with a different perspective to help see things in, you know, slightly different ways. And it's, it's like you said, they, they won the news cycle, even though they're going to have the eighth overall pick in the NFL draft because, you know, they, they weren't very good this year. And here they're already talking about acquisitions before we even know, you know, who the eighth best player, you know, in, in uh, division one football is going to be We're we're ultimately looking at, again, a new addition to, to the front office that's going to help make some major decisions. And when the Rockies, you know, having lost some of those decision makers or some of those people that help provide, you know, useful information, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely an opportunity for the Rockies to say, hey, you know, we need to take a page out of the Broncos book. And, you know, if we were sitting here doing a, an episode of what are the Rockies' New Year's resolutions, you know, frankly, one of their New Year's resolutions that they still can't quite get right, like like those people who keep talking about, yeah, losing that this – losing 20 pounds here or no, I'm finally going to get into this thing. And five oh, years Lord. later, you know, your, your paths kind of diverge and, and you catch up with them and go, Oh my God, I haven't talked to you forever. Hey, whatever happened to that big thing that you were all setting up to do? I, I never did it at all. And you go, Oh man, like you, every yeah. year you have a new yeah. chance and every year the Rockies have a new chance to make a resolution and appoint somebody team president. And even if it's, it is Jeff Breidich, it is, I think, uh, would be a, a shift in the right direction. And again, it puts some new be blood. Than now, right? The, yeah, it would be better and get some new blood in the front office. A hundred percent. Because somebody asked me that on Twitter, and I wasn't quite sure how to answer the question because I was like, it, it, it's a tough sell to be like, are, wouldn't you be excited if Jeff Breidich became team president and then they brought in a different GM and people would be like, no, I don't want Jeff Breidich in charge of those kinds of decisions and having more power. It's also a little bit different because he's still relatively young. We, we forget that just in general about Jeff Breidich, both as a GM, both at, at that executive level. He's only been in that job for a couple of years and just in age, he's like still in his forties and stuff like, which, you know, not, not, nothing wrong with being a young GM and a lot of the, the, the better GMs out there are. So, but you know, uh, I, I think for, for me, yeah, it, it would definitely be better. Well, I don't know, because the the nice thing about the, the team president, right, is that they're not the guy who's making all the on-field 
decisions. If they if the Broncos do what they're saying, and now they have to actually follow through and do this, because Rockies fans could have a flashback to the Dan O'Dowd, Bill Guyvet days, when it wasn't even really clear who was making the baseball decisions and who was in charge. And if John Elway comes into the GM's office one day and says, I'm overruling you, well, now they have an extra problem, not an extra solution, right? And and But for now, yeah, I actually think that if you did make Jeff Breidish team president, I sort of took the the day-to-day and, and even the roster sort of stuff away from him and brought in a GM, that would be, that would be a pretty good scenario for Colorado Rockies right now. It Obviously, changes the optics too. To get rid of him, but yeah. It's right. Cool. It changes the optics. And I think a lot of the fans will go, well, I don't, I don't know what he's doing. You know, he's, he's the right. team president. Okay. Like what, did, did he get elected president or like was, 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 is Dick Monfort's the king of the Colorado Rockies? Like, what does that title mean? Like, you don't right. know right. what a quote unquote president does, but you know what the general like manager does? When everybody is a senior vice president. <laughs> Yeah, right. Essentially, the the assistant to Dick Monfort. It's yeah. okay, whatever, whatever you want to call yourself. Fine, you're in that post. But right, the optics would be, well, hey, he they're getting be. a new general manager. And you're totally right because that's what he would be. The guy he'd be there to make Dick Monfort feel comfortable. And there's there's actually nothing wrong with that. If that's the reason they won't get rid of him, but they're like, hey, you know, we we don't want to get rid of this guy. He's causing so many problems. But maybe it'd be nice to put the focus of building the team on somebody else and answering the questions about building the team, which Jeff Breidich clearly doesn't like doing, on somebody who might enjoy dealing with the media in a way that Bud Black does or in a way that uh, the new owner of the Mets does or, you know, there's a way to do it. And so uh, I've often argued that the fact that Jeff Breidich is really bad at the, in my estimation, at the, you know, the public face of it stuff should be kept separate from from his baseball thing. Well, this is a way to make that official, right? This is a way to just say, hey, let him come into the room with baseball ideas and inform people with whatever he wants and the history of the Rockies. And I know this guy and that guy because I've been here for a hundred years and I've been with him through development and let him use all of that expertise as long as he's informing the guy who's calling the play at the end of the day. It's, it's, it's a hard post because you're right. Like who is... Monfort going to be listening to and how much control would Breidich have as the team president? Like, you know, there's, there's been a couple cases where essentially the team president is the one pulling all the strings. It, it's kind of like when you go back and you say the name, John Mosellac Cardinals fans are like, Oh yeah, that's the guy running the ship, but he's not the GM. Same thing with Dick Williams in Cincinnati. Same thing with all those years. Even, even now I, I, I think he's stepping away because of uh, some ownership business, but, but Billy Bean, Billy Bean gets the credit, you know, for everything going on in Oakland. He hasn't been the GM for I would say close to a decade right. at this I point. Right, I that all the time. But he right, but he's the one kind of pulling those strings, and and that happens. Same thing, Brian Sabian in San Francisco. He was no longer the GM, but he's still getting credit, you know, for those World Series wins, yeah, uh, and cool. as he should. But I think you know those are the exceptions to the rule. I think for most of the right. other part, the GM has to be the one that is you know uh, pulling those strings and and making those transactions actions and getting into the nitty-gritty with the analytics department and the scouting team and doing all that and the team president again is just kind of having that 10,000 foot you know overview and uh and looking at you know some other things and and maybe even advocating you know again one person going to dick monford saying hey we got to make this transaction we got to do this thing we got to blow it up or we got to go all in you know whatever it might be it's you know it could fall on deaf ears if it's one person but 
as soon as the GM is saying the same thing that maybe the GM now is saying, but now another person backs him up and says, you know, he's right. We really need to pick a path. We can't just kind of hope for the best. We got to go either A or B and, and force that decision so that it isn't Dick Monfort basically making on field decisions when the people around him that he pays to make those decisions are getting overlooked. And it, it gives more power to the front office. It, it essentially takes power away from himself. And I think that's, that's a good thing. You want to surround yourself. Yeah. You want to surround yourself with intelligent people and knowledgeable people that you can go to and you can trust and you can kind of delegate those responsibilities. That's, that's how you become successful in, in any business. You know, our, our company was was founded by, you know, Brandon Spano and, and Ryan Koningsberg. And those guys have nothing to do with DNVR Rockies podcast. But they know, hey, you know what? We need a guy that, that can do it every day. Drew Creaseman is that guy. And we need another guy. All right, Patrick Lyon. Like, again, they they have little or nothing to do with what we're doing besides the fact that they trust us because we're doing a good job. And right, it, again, on the, and it, yeah, on the day-to-day. It allows them to make the bigger and better – yeah. It allows them to make the bigger and better decisions that are going to be more impactful than just what we're going to say. They're not checking in on saying, hey, what topics are you going to be talking about today? Like That would be a waste of their <laughs> right. time right. when they're on phone calls with with you know sponsors and, and, and things of that nature. So Dick Monfort needs to do that and say, I need to employ some more people that can go out, get the information, bring it back to me. And now I'm still the one that gets the final decision, but now my decision is going to be that much better because I have more people in the know coming back to me. Totally. It, that's uh, Usually I'm, I'm not a big fan of those kinds of analogies that compare like a normal business to, to major league baseball teams, but that one actually perfectly fit because it had nothing to do with the, the number of jobs. It's just how you work an actual organization. It's about leadership and doing it. So today we toast our Breck Brews. I don't have my, I'm starting my week slow. Uh, I just finished up my Strava Craft coffee. I haven't quite moved into Breck Brew hour yet this day but you should toast your breck brew to the broncos front office say that five times fast your breck brew to the broncos and make sure that you're maybe sending some of that love over the rockies way on see so you take a look at that i got my breck brew they got their breck brew i know you guys something there's some other beer i think on the name of the building i can't recall what it is but you could be celebrating with some breck brew if you go get yourself a team president or make some creative front office choices that allow you to shake things up that don't force you to do anything that you don't want to do. There are answers out there. And, and that's one of the things where I often get, you know, everyone sees me get frustrated with, whether it's sometimes the fans, sure, other people in the media, whatever it is, the, the way people are coverage is not seeing the other potential answers out there. We live in these small boxes. Well, he's the GM and I don't want to fire him, so I guess we're stuck. Dude, whatever. Name him the assistant secretary to the traveling. <laughs> what wild the assistant, assistant to the traveling, to the traveling secretary. secretary, the Colorado Rockies. Keep him around. Keep him in your ear. Let him live in a cot in the owner's room if he makes you that comfortable, and bring in someone else to do. Yeah, like let's go. Let's get that stuff done. Unfortunately, Patrick, you were talking about surrounding yourself with knowledgeable people and the importance of that and one of the knowledgeable people that the Rockies had surrounded themselves with and um, you know I had often pointed to as one of the biggest shining examples of the fact that they were not this anti-analytic stuck in the caveman days team that a lot of people think they had been bringing him on and, and running him through the ranks very quickly um, giving him a lot of control 
especially the last year over the major league staff and, and dealing with these guys in terms of analytics. And, and that's what he was. Uh, Steve Merriman was a, a pitching guru, is a pitching guru who has left the Colorado Rockies to become the pitching coach at Michigan. Um, and, you know, that's, again, I, I don't think it's in the category. I said this kind of when the analytics people left that, you know, sometimes people just want to go do another thing. And I, I don't think it's necessarily the case here that like the Rockies were like, get out, Steve. In fact, I, I, I tend to doubt it. Um, now, you know, I don't know the details of the situation. And so I, I don't want to speak to what did or did not happen. This really just came across the wire from Thomas Harding a couple hours ago. And beyond that, uh, we don't have much information. And I don't think we'll hear much information because I'm not sure people knew who Steve Merriman was that much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for me, Patrick, I, and I tweeted this out earlier, uh, if they can't replace him with someone of a similar resume and skill set and mindset, this to me is a bigger loss than David Dahl or, or the four analytics people that left, you know, who are all... I love those guys. They're all replaceable. In the same way I'm replaceable, right? Those, there's just more of those types of people out there. And if the Rockies are so inclined, they can go and hire four highly qualified analytics folks to fill those spots. This Steve Merriman job is going to be a little tougher to fill. And if anyone needs to be analytically minded, it's the Rockies pitching staff. And... So I, I, I don't like this, man. I don't know. What, I, I don't like this at all. This is a bad one. No, it's, it's not good for, you know, I, where there's smoke, there's fire. And you're right. We don't know why people are, are choosing to, to jump ship or to use another analogy, whatever. Uh, why, to, why to leave? And again, we know there's a lot of uh, economic stuff going on right now. And, and the Rockies have done a good job of, of continuing to, to pay their employees where other clubs have not. So you, you got it. Kudos to the Rockies. But um, it does make you begin to think like there's there's something else that's that's going on for why these uh, these folks are kind of leaving the organization for for different pastures, if you will. And and for anyone who doesn't know Steve Merriman, you know, he in 2019, you know, he uh, he oversaw the the Hartford Yard Goats, the, the pitching coordinator there and go back and look and sure. while wow, Rico Garcia is no longer uh, a member of the organization. I think he's a free agent at this point. I'm not sure if he re-signed with San Francisco after 2020, but the dude was just, I, there's not a word to describe how dominant he was uh, in double a Eastern league. He was fantastic. And for a guy that was, you know, a 35th round pick, it was quite amazing. Coincidence that he happened to be working with Steve Merriman. Maybe. Uh, what about Ashton Godot, a guy that was picked up off the scrap heap? by the Colorado Rockies, who went out and was, again, simply dominant. Um, and and we, we saw him a little bit last year and, you know, has, has, has a good look to him. You know, tall kid, 6'7", you know, definitely has, uh, you know, some, some potential future picked up by the Pirates. And then uh, he's now landed with the Baltimore Orioles. But, again, Merriman working with those guys is, has been really huge in their growth. Ben Bowden, again, another guy that was, you know, supposed to contribute to the Rockies in 2020 before injury. Uh, kind of derailed that. So that's just, you know, some of his resume of what he's been able to do for the Rockies organization. Those guys behind the scenes that you don't, uh, that don't get the credit that they should. And that, um, while, you know, 
you know, let's David Dahl is going to have more of an impact on, on on the Rockies, or possibly would have next year uh, than than a, than a behind the scenes guy. Overall, you have to have your organization filled with these kind of coaches and these people that are analytically driven. And Mark Strip matters, another guy who works with the catchers, like those guys that are behind the scenes that are working on the development of players. Where again, they just they're they're like the like horse whisperers, you know, with the prospects. And next thing you know, five or six guys come out of your system and you go, wow, like where did that come from? Well, we've got this scout in, in California and he's he's getting in the homes and he's talking with these kids and he knows who's got their heads, you know, screwed on straight. Like that has tons of value that we don't have a metric to, you know, to categorize and, and, and to quantify. So in, in that way, you're a hundred percent right, Drew. Like you, the loss of a Steve Merriman is, is a, a big deal and, and someone's going to replace them. Um, and, and it, you know, might be somebody that eventually will have some of the similar success of Steve Merriman, but by how long and, and what's the state of the Rockies at, at, at that point, by the time he comes around, you know, we, we all want the Rockies to, to win a world series, whether you're a fan or whether you're a journalist, that's kind of the goal. Like that's the dream. That would be fantastic. And I think the hardest part in winning a championship is the timeliness. Everything has to go right. And when you're a small market team, now you, you don't have a two or three year window where everything has to go right. Like look at the Dodgers again, they've won the, the NLS eight years in a row and they go to the world series three out of four years. They, they didn't, winning until finally this year, but the fact that they were able to get there helps them increase the likelihood of winning a championship. And it's, you have to have all these people behind the scenes doing that. And when you're losing some of the analytics department, you're losing a Steve Merriman, you're keeping your superstar players, but then, you know, maybe there's depth issues. It's, it's just really hard to win a championship and it's, um, you need championship people like a Steve Merriman, no doubt. They're they're definitely going to miss out on him. He's he's going to be working with a, a really good coach at the University of Michigan and, and Eric Backich, who's uh, who's might be changing the game a little bit uh, in, when it comes to college baseball. As far as he's proposed a couple things with moving the the timeline back for college baseball and, and some different things. So I think that's a really good landing spot. It's a great baseball program. So uh, wish him the best for Steve Merriman. Yeah, uh, I will say, you know, it remains to be seen whether or not Steve Merriman was a championship coach. I certainly think he had that caliber. but Right, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, he, he, hadn't, he hadn't quite proven that yet, but I, I think you're right. And it, it remains to be seen also, uh, like you said, who the Rockies replace him with um, and, and how they even choose to structure their sort of pitching uh coach establishment they have, they they have kind of a unique structure in general and a lot of people involved that are just sort of floating gurus who you know meet with all kinds of guys and develop throughout the organization so it's always a little bit tough to know who's doing what but they need that analytics voice mm-hmm. in the room that's that's one of the biggest things is is that he was one of the best voices for that and for from my understanding especially using the language of the ball players to help them understand how the analytics can help them. And this is something that often gets lost. And actually the Rockies just brought on uh, a new person to do this job specifically. And I wonder if that's part of the reason. Uh, now I need to look up his name. 
this offseason. I totally forgotten about this until we were just talking about it. So I'll see if I can find them uh, while we're chatting. Um, but maybe maybe it was last offseason, right before last offseason. Um, and, and it's basically this job of like, it's one thing to totally know the analytics and say, hey, if you do X, you'll get Y or you need to do Y or whatever. But the ball players have to buy in. If the guys on the field don't sure. believe what you're telling them, it doesn't matter how good your numbers are. And I think that's one of the things that the Rockies haven't done as well at for, and I know people like to, this is where it gets into the weird muddy waters. We're like, they never had an analytics team. They did have an analytics team and their analytics team was really good at doing the analytics part of it. I often felt like they struggled to properly communicate their message to the players, that they didn't have the best go between or the best relationship with the players. And Great point. those people are, now gone. And while I thought they were extraordinary at their jobs, I do see a little bit of an opportunity here if these people are good at this. Again, we can speculate that this is all about the Rockies moving away from analytics because that's the easiest narrative to sell. And that may be the case. It's on the table. I, it, It's certainly them prioritizing analytics less than, as Patrick said, their superstar players, for example. They're prioritizing it less. I don't think they're necessarily moving away from it. Uh, but it will be. They can't. Yeah, they, 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 it's, imp- it's an impossibility can't. in 2021. And one of the best kept secrets in the, this organization is that Jeff Breidich is an analytics guy. He's a big analytics guy. Now, I get why you're saying, well, he's, then he's not doing them right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Take all the shots you want. He's earned it. But. He's not anti-analytics. The idea that Jeff Breidich is sitting in the GM's office or sitting in the owner's office going, Dick, get rid of all these analytics people. They're, they're overruling me. Right? I, I promise you, I, I, well, let me put it, I am 95% sure that Jeff Breidich has on multiple occasions gone into Dick Momford's office and gone, please, can we hire some more of those nerdy folks to sit at the computers and run the numbers and maybe a few other people to help our players buy in. Because until the Charlie Blackman story and the and the road pitching machine and all of that, there just hasn't been buy-in. Man, I remember being there when they first started shifting. And Troy Tulowitzki almost organized a walkout. Like <laughs> they're just, you know, like they they couldn't. And now it's just standard. And guys don't have to buy into shifting, right? But Someone has to do it, and it sucks that Steve Merriman's not going to be there to do it anymore. Uh, hopefully, they find someone who can. This and this is this is where, you know, having a team president or whether 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 it's Jeff Breidich or just you're just going to bring in a you're going to get rid of Jeff Breidich and you're going to bring in somebody new, preferably from another organization. They're going to come in and say, "Hey, we have to have an analytics department." Like where I came from, this other team that you hired me away from, and probably because I was doing something right over there, they've got a lot more people. I've I've been told from someone on the inside that, again, we, we think the analytics team right now in the Rockies is about two people. Well, in their division, the Dodgers have 35. Well, they're the Dodgers. The Giants have 25. The Padres have 25. And the Arizona Diamondbacks have 25. And it's not cheap to employ all of those people. But again, there is a lot of benefit that comes from that. And, and maybe one reason why, you know, I, I, think, I think a big piece 
like you said, Drew, I, I couldn't agree with you more. A big piece of why there might not be a lot of player buy-in is how it's communicated. Like it's, it's still relatively new. You know, you give up a single that should be an out 99 times out of a hundred, a pitcher is going to be upset and go, well, why didn't the analytics see that coming? Right? Like if, if it's so great, like that is painful. But Jerry DePoto had this issue when he was in Los Angeles and he had it out with Mike Sosha and he had to quit. I thought it was almost career suicide uh, from stepping on that. That was because he believed so much in what he was doing in analytics and, and the coaching staff wasn't buying into it. So part of it is going to be the players. It, it's not being communicated well enough for them to buy in. Uh, and then the other piece is maybe the players going, well, I don't know. We're being told this, but I might not be convinced that our organization even believes in it because of, of how large or small the staff might be based on, you know, the rest of baseball. So it's, it's, yeah, Merriman is, is a definite big loss and uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what happens if, again, we, we, the off season is still really long and, and maybe that'll be our next topic uh, as far as how much longer it'll be, but you know, it's where they're at right now might not be pretty, but there's, there's plenty of time for, for there to be some kind of change and, and, and some kind of improvement. Yeah, I mean, as you said about a lot of things, right? It's it's all out there right now. There there have been I talked all last offseason about how stuck they were. And I and I and they were. They really were. And I know people got tired of me saying it, but they they were just stuck. Right now they're not. There are so many things on the table they could be doing. It's just whether or not they're going to choose to. They're they're trying to make it seem like they're stuck. Like again, yeah. Dick Monford saying, "Hey, financials," and that's creating a stuck situation that yeah. they they don't have to be. They are the oh. ones. And again, I understand it from the business aspect. But if we're talking about the on field aspect, you go, you could just spend a couple. Like you could have had you Darvish, like that. You wouldn't have gone over uh, the the luxury tax threshold. You could have had right. him. He was just his contract was dumped. There's going to be other players that are out there. Uh, but even still, you're right. They they've got some flexibility to to do some things still. So, uh, we'll see whether or not they are going to do any of those things, or whether or not they are going to continue to hassle us. But I'll tell you what isn't a hassle, Patrick, and that's beef from Hassle Cattle Company, hassle-free beef that you can get. I'll tell you what, folks. I have I have bought in on this as quickly as any of the sponsors that we've ever had. But Breck Brew was a little bit cheating because I already loved Breck Brew long before they ever became a sponsor. Um, but Hassle is a th Hassle Cattle Company is a three meal sponsor. Not to take anything away from anyone else, but it's a three meal breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dare I say fourth meal? I think Hassle Cattle Company invented fourth meal. Did they? Fourth I'm not sure. As far as I know, that's correct, because the bacon is probably my favorite thing that they do. It's the big, thick, juicy Wagyu beef bacon. It is it is life-changing. If you've only ever had, like, bacon from the store, get some of this stuff. It is not that much. I think it's, like, $12.99 a pound for this it's, stuff. It's very good, and for the quality, too. How did, yeah. By the way, how did bacon become the meal that we could have, or the food that we could have at every meal? All the time. I don't right? know. But, but it's whoever snack. made that decision, thank you. <laughs> or does it could be a dessert? I, I know people they they'll put it, you know chocolate around it with a little peanut butter inside the bacon. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> then at lunchtime, of course, you get a burger, and their hamburger mm -hmm. one Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam, which sounds mm. really impressive. I, I don't know what that is, but I do know that I very much enjoy uh, the hamburger. But I am the biggest fan, I think, 
these days at the stakes. Whatever you get, they got, of course, your New York strip. They got some, uh, but they got all kinds of stuff. We've been getting the ground chuck, putting that in chili. They got a great deal going on the ground chuck right now. Double check on that. They were doing it for like $3.99 a pound. And if that's not Mm. still going, they got something else that's going. They've always got deals like that when you're ordering something. Plus, you get 10% off when you use code DNVR10. And any order over 200 bucks, you get free shipping. They got some great package deals for you. Or you can just put your stuff together. Whatever you want. Grab all kinds of stuff, man. It's it's amazing. It's hormone-free. No antibiotics. Free range. Treat the animals well. Treats the environment well. It treats your body well. And it treats your wallet well. I know I sound like guy on the tv going so buy now buy now but i actually i this is one of those ones i say at the beginning about strava craft coffee again that got me off of that normal coffee stuff gave me jitters all the time that was that's legitimate i don't i'm that you know i I say potentially life-altering it's fun but not joking this is another one that's potentially life-altering if you buy all your beef from the grocery store it's probably it's not good for you it's not good for the environment you can find better beef at sometimes even cheaper. Some of the stuff, it's a little bit more because of the quality. You're going to understand that. But literally, you get in on these deals, you're getting better beef that's treated better for cheaper, and it's delivered right to your door. I don't. It's H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com. I, I promise you, the dream win, 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 win. You yeah. will not be disappointed. It's wins all across the board in every category. It they might go back to back with that Northeast Burger Jam. I'm just saying it. I'm calling it right now. Can we put that on DraftKings? Can we get I, a? <laughs> can we get the DraftKings over under? I just watched the uh, been watching uh, uh, the Last Dance. So for those of you who wonder how long it takes me when everybody in the ballroom? world recommends is it ballroom you watch or break? Something? Yeah. yeah. What, what kind of dance are we talking? Yeah, that's right. No, I am a big uh, So You Think You Can Dance guy. That's something Katie got me into. And that show, really? dancers are phenomenal athletes. Like, I could go off on a whole yeah. thing. But um, yeah, I, I came to really enjoy the athleticism and artistry of dance because uh, my girlfriend opened my eyes and I, I was open to that new experience, which I, I try to be. You know, We weren't allowed to dance in the, uh, the town that I grew up in. Um, they made a couple, they made a documentary <laughs> about it once. No dancing, yeah, we were we just weren't allowed, you know. Uh, now I forgot why I was talking about the last. Episode. Oh yeah, no, no, sorry. We went we went four different analogies away. We got pretty far afield there. Um, uh, shoot, now I can't remember. I will tell you though, uh, I, every time Michael Jordan starts talking about his competitive edge, uh, I think about our debates and our conversations about tanking and that the Eagles the other day. And in the, the NFL, big controversy for very clearly coming out and just like, nah, we're not even, we're not gonna. And it, it made some sense, but a lot of athletes coming out and man, watching Michael Jordan, he talks about there was a year where they were like on the precipice of making the playoffs, like getting the eight seed in the NBA so that you can lose to the Boston Celtics in the first round. And they were just on the outside and he had been hurt most of the year and he came back at the end and they wouldn't play him despite the fact that he was healthy and they're limiting his minutes and he basically got everybody associated with that situation fired for not being a big enough competitor and the, part of me was just like tell him mike he was so deeply offended by the fact that they wouldn't try to win every single game and then 
he did. He hit a shot he wasn't supposed to. They took him out at the end of the game. Somebody, I think John Paxson hit a shot. And they go to the playoffs, and they lose in the first round of the Boston Celtics. And he doesn't get the draft pick he wanted. And it, he had to wait a couple more years for Scottie Pippen. But still, it's like, I so respected that. I was like, yeah, man, I, I feel you. <laughs> it is kind of strange, too, that the NBA is the only one that has – uh, a lottery system. So it's not a guarantee and, and it, right. it, it makes every game, you know, that, that much more important in a lot of ways. Right, um, right. but yeah, that, that was interesting to see what, with what Philadelphia was, was doing for, for the better draft pick. And, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's a wild world that we have out there nice. with, with analytics and everything trying to figure it out. But at the end of the day, man, it, it's about people and, and you, you just get the, the right group of guys. You have to, yeah. You have to, and and for for you know any of the Rockies fans that are that are down and out, your your guys will come out. Whoever they are, some of them you're gonna know, some of them you might not have ever heard of, some of them might come from teams that you used to hate. Matt Kemp, Kevin Pillar, even to a degree, right? Coming from the Giants, sure. but there those guys are gonna be fighting for you, and and hopefully, you know. Some of you will be allowed back into the stadiums this year. You'll be able to root those guys on. You can turn the TV on and 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 watch for them. And you know anything can happen. Rockies were eleven and three with a roster that you know wasn't great, had a lot of flaws. And you go maybe and and in a different year maybe they hold on to it and and make a run in the postseason. It's why you play the games. We're we're going to be honest and we're going to prognosticate and we might say, eh, go with the under or eh, they might be lucky if they can win 80, but, but we don't know. You still have to play the games. Don't, don't take my word for it and go, according to the DNVR Rockies podcast, uh, the Rockies will not be fielding a team because frankly, they're just not that great. So they're going to, you know, shut things down, allow the guys to rest a little bit more. They're going to come back better than ever in 2022. No, I want them to see, see them play those games. Prove me wrong too, to a degree. And no, no great baseball movie has ever started out yeah. with teams showing up first day of spring training, just being awesome and everything clicking, and them expected to win the whole thing. Like, come on, no great sports movie. No, starts. I mean, out I've, that way. I've mentioned it before on on the pod. It's probably been a while. Like, it got to be a little boring rooting for the Yankees, where not you know again being the historical guy that I am. All right, as a Yankee fan, we already got all of the history. Not literally, but it's like we've got. Right. Oh man, we're we're blessed in that department. Then hey, we've you know winning three out of four uh, World Series and and going to five out of seven World Series, uh, not winning all, but went went to five out of seven. And then oh yeah, the owner George Steinbrenner is just going to go out and buy up every big name free agent. And you go, well now what's the what's the our guys against your like we're. You're supposed to win the World Series now. And again, you're not guaranteed it, which is why when you do win it, it feels so good. But it 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 takes a lot of the fun out of it. You know, you wanna you almost wanna start from the bottom to work your way up. That's that's when my allegiance kind of shifted to the Phillies. I was like, the Phillies stink. To me, that is more fun. Right. That is what being a fan is about, being there at those low moments and maybe not abandoning them when they're at the highest moments, but again. You know, you, you can get a lot of people that are riding that bandwagon. To totally, yeah, totally. the band, you know, the 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 bandwagon was was way too full. It was getting cramped for me. It just it wasn't any fun. And and luckily, with you know having so many teams so nearby where I lived, I was able to do that. But again, it's 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 always fun to be able to have your guys against the other person's guys, the other city's guys, and 
Colorado, man, they're one of a few that has their own guys. They got their own no guys. No one can take that away from the fans. You, you just reminded me of something that uh, I started looking at today because of our good friend Matt in the Discord. And that's another reminder to join, to subscribe to the DNVR.com. You can hang out with us. You can talk all day. I was having conversations back and forth. 30 minutes straight at least. Uh, for Boom, a while back and forth, back and forth. It was great. There's a couple other folks that got in on it. Yeah, yeah. it's the Discord chats are really heating up, and we're having a good time talking with you guys out there. And so, uh, you know, one of the things that Matt had said is that the Rockies have really just never had a pitcher who's just been consistently good for a long period of time. And I, I got to admit that other than Jorge De La Rosa, who I like to point to, who does have actually a couple of, like he got hurt a couple of times. He had one down here right in the middle of things. So it's hard to be like, well, actually he was super consistent. He was the best overall. That's for sure. But he got me on someone's page and because he's not on our Nostars team, Oh, we're not, not going to be able to do a, a deep dive on him mm. in one of those situations. So I had to mention Aaron Cook. I ended up on his mm. baseball reference page today. And from 2004 to 2009, here are Aaron Cook's ERA plus totals. 115, 131, 116, 117, 118, 131. And then the following year in 2010, he had a 91. And after that, he he kind of fell off. So that's probably the closest. And certainly he was never dominant. He also did Patrick. He averaged 82 strikeouts a year. We all know that he was one of those guys uh, who, was, who was, you know, he was getting the ground balls. He famously pitched a game and that was, I think the shortest in Rockies history. I can't remember. It's like two and a half hours or something like that. Um, but uh, another one of those guys that, He's your guy. Like nobody else is being like, Aaron Cook's our guy. And some people will be like, man, Aaron Cook. And, and this is kind of what I was imploring some of the people in the Discord chat today. It's like, don't shy away from those things. Like you should be proud of Aaron Cook and you should be the first line of defense saying, actually, hang on a minute. Aaron Cook has a career ERA plus of 103. There are two guys in the Hall of Fame with career ERA pluses of 109. True, I'm not you're, saying you're, he belongs. I'm just you're, you're you're almost hurting your own cause with the Rockies because he he went to Boston for a year and, and was not very good. With yeah. the Rockies, his ERA plus was 106. So if you really want to pump the guy up a little, I mean it's not a, not a big difference, I'm but still 106. And that's impressive. dealing with the the physical issues that come with Coors Field and, and yeah. altitude and not altitude for a guy that had a blood clot issue that was very similar to what we've seen. Uh, with Scott Oberg, and that kept him out for a decent chunk of uh, the 2007 season, where he still managed to be pretty good. So those are, yeah, those are the kinds of guys you should be singing to the hills about. You know what, man? I'm a Rockies fan. I'm an Aaron Cook guy, man. That's, you know, like like let's sing his praises a little bit more. That's he's got to be one of the most underrated guys in the in franchise history. No doubt, yeah, All Star in, in 2008. So he he. Did get to see Yankee Stadium one last time. I don't think he played in that game. He was one of the few that didn't get get an opportunity. But yeah, part of that 2017 team, and it's it's one of the reasons why I cannot wait. I know you're in the same boat. Cannot wait for that Rockies Hall of Fame in McGregor Square. Right. And I think it's you know again coupled with Larry Walker going to the Hall of Fame. I think it's going to give so much more validity to the Rockies. And it's weird because it's like the Rockies aren't giving themselves credit. 
you know what I mean? Like they're, they're the ones that are kind of preventing the fact that people can't go into Coors Field to look and go, well, what's been the history of this team? And like, oh my God, look at this name. And I didn't know this guy. And oh, Ken Griffey Jr.'s there dad was a coach on the team. That's cool. Aaron Cook somewhere at Coors Field, right? Or yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. So you got a list they, of yeah. all the, all the players that have been all-stars, which you and I have seen because they had it down um, you know, at, just outside of the clubhouse, they had all the stars, stars. up for all the players. Yeah, um, that you should know, be somewhere the fans can see it, man. Yeah, make <laughs> mention cool. of 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 all the work that the organization has done with the local communities. I mean, Marvin Freeman has a field named after him. Where do you go where you can find that? Yeah, you know that that was one of the biggest criticisms of the Mets when City Field first opened up is that there was nothing that really said Mets on it. It was like it was almost void of all of it. And then it wasn't until like their second year that they finally develop the hall of fame inside the building. So, you know, McGregor square will be easier for fans to get to even in the off season. Um, you know, that, that could mean a better connection with some of those old timers to bring back. And just, again, just to refresh people's memories, like, you know, people that, that are of our age or even older, they know the name Aaron cook, but how often do they think about Aaron cook or are they given the opportunity to think about Aaron cook or how many times do people come up to them to talk about Aaron cook? Very rarely, if at all. Well, again, you have this Hall of Fame, you're going to have that smashed right in your face where you can't avoid it. And now people start talking a little bit more and um, and, and you're going to even have some of the players coming in and go, wow, I, I didn't realize there were some really good pitchers. Man, that 2007 rotation was really strong. And you're like, okay, that's really cool to hear from Antonio Senzatella or, or John Gray. And It'll it'll just be this thing that kind of you know not feeds on itself, but there'll be there'll just be this synergy that will keep going around, and I think Rockies fans will you know start to have maybe more pride. Like I, I think Rockies fans are prideful, and they should be, but you should be even more proud of, of of the teams that have played there. Yeah, if we just focus on no World Series, no NOS pennant, that's going to be depressing. But every team has had. Uh, those spells where they went for a long time, you know, without winning something and it, it happens, but it's still your guys. You still need to celebrate them. And the Rockies aren't doing that, but they will very shortly. And Rockies fans will be able to do that yeah, too. And it's going to be, better. it's going to so be fantastic. And getting to see those guys again and uh, getting their take on it, on, on what it was like playing at altitude and, have an what do you remember? Podcast, yeah, all that stuff. Pre-humidor stuff, every, all yeah. of that. How great was Marvin Freeman? Think about that. Think mm -hmm. about how great it was Marvin Freeman talking about coming to Mile High, then the first year of Coors Field, playing with all those guys, talking about you know the Hall of Famers he played with in Atlanta. There's a bunch of those dudes throughout Rockies history who have those kinds of stories, who have those connections, who have that, who should have a deeper connection to the fabric of the city and, and like you said once mcgregor square goes up those guys are back around a little bit more the team celebrating them they can do the thing like marvin said put me in i'll show up i'll go i'll be yeah, we, yes that's what we need legends to yeah. yeah there's and there's so many stories too that i think have been lost to a certain degree like i i want to hear like aaron cook for one played in colorado springs like i want to hear those stories of guys you know getting a phone call and just taking the hour drive from the Springs to Coors Field because they got called up. Like that doesn't doesn't happen now. We know Josh Fuentes had a fantastic story of having to drive six hours. And then the next day, Yensi Almonte gets called up and he gets to take a plane. 
but that's 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 something uh, besides the point that that Josh and I had laughed about. Right. But it's like there's there's just so many wonderful stories and and you know even if even if again those those guys that you haven't really heard of don't excite you, they played against Bonds, they played against Chipper Jones, Piazza, Greg Maddox, Randy John, like they were in literally the same league as all of those guys. You know, like right. they're. There wouldn't there wouldn't be the superstars if there wasn't for the role players and and there wouldn't be those great moments for those those role players and those contributing members of the Rockies teams and there wouldn't be no Larry Walker there'd be no Todd Helton who will get in the Hall of Fame eventually and so it's there's there's a whole history out there that we've we, it just it's just waiting to explode. Yeah. All right, Patrick. Earlier we sold a little beef. Now we got to sell a little beef. You notice the, the subtle subtle difference there because the Beef. Colorado Raptors, I'm sorry, the Colorado Rugby, no longer the Raptors. They got the men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams going on out there at Infinity Park. Rugby brings you the beef. Uh, I've really enjoyed getting into the sport. Some t- Talk about some incredible athleticism, some people that can just do amazing things out there. Believe it or not, it's pretty easy to get into, but if you're worried about it, we'll go to the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Colton will get you hooked up with a little bit of 101, a little bit of basics, introducing you to the sport, and then bam, he's going to hit you with all the best inside information, interviews with the players and play-by-play guys, coaches, people who are making moves in the world of rugby, making Colorado the epicenter of rugby in the United States. If you love sports and you love Colorado, you got to get involved on the ground floor right now. And the best way to do that is to give a listen to the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Get all up to speed. And then when they start getting back out there at Infinity Park, man, go and show your support because it's going to be, it's going to be really, truly something special for anybody who knows the rabid energy that rugby can create and has in other countries and the the types of it, it has its own unique energy like any sport does you know and and you can think about the unique energy that comes with the wait and see and the crowd rising to its feet and and all of those things in baseball and i'm learning about the unique frantic energy of hockey and the and the edge of your seat uh, situation there and of course that I learned from my mother, the energy of get enough and rebound that comes from watching basketball. And so uh, rugby, man, I just, I'm, I'm falling in love with it. Get out there, give it a try. They're changing the game in Glendale, the, the U.S. rugby team, no doubt about it. And, and, and their players are also changing the game. Recently, Devin Ibanez is coming out as a gay professional rugby player, which was uh, really great and, and inspirational. And we know Colton's got all that covered. So definitely check that out. Absolutely. Now, Patrick, the final question of the day. As a podcast, a network and an arm of that network dedicated to ostensibly, theoretically, my understanding, covering baseball games. I think that's right. When was the last time that happened? How many did we get this last year? Doesn't matter. We look forward here. So we shall. We must. And there are rumblings and writings and rumors galore about when the baseball season will start and how much baseball there will be. There, I think you and I are, are both of a, 
in agreement on this one that the public posture, I won't say posturing, that who the, the people who are publicly being very positive about a normal start to a baseball season and normal spring training and 162 games and all that, um, either we're just totally missing something or they are. Yeah, you know, there was a recently a report come out uh, by Evan Drellich of The Athletic and about how um, MLB teams are moving forward with having a normal spring training start. And ultimately, that is because they have no other choice. Uh, according to the collective bargaining agreement, they have to continue to go through it. The reason it didn't happen last year was because the pandemic was a very much a brand new thing. And they, uh, they came up with a new agreement and they said, yeah, you know what, we'll give the commissioner the authority to figure this out and we'll, we'll, we'll get it sorted. We'll kind of trust in him that he's going to take care and, and, and do what's best, whatever that means. Uh, and, and I think they had a deadline, which is one reason why it became that way. And, right. you know, then it was, you know, manipulated a little bit to, to have less games since there'd be less revenue and, and, and in a strange way that was probably best for the game because if the teams had lost any more billions of dollars, you know, where would we be now? Again, it, it just yeah. wouldn't be pretty. Well, right now we don't have that. So unless the government steps in and says, no, you can't come down here in Arizona or Florida, really if those state governments say that you can't do that. Then you have to go forward with, with the way it is. And the players association isn't going to look good um, for, for doing that because they're putting their, you know, contracts, the fact that they want to get paid for 162 games, they're putting that over the safety. But if they do, but if they somehow give in and, and, and change the CBA ever so slightly, and, and I don't get, I don't know how you, I don't think you can unilaterally just give the power to the commissioner again, because again, that's going to hit the players in the, in the pocketbook just to, to do it at, at his leisure or to do it, um, you know, how he so sees play fit. however many games you want. Like that would, yeah. The safety is going to be better. Yeah. Safety yeah. will be better if they wait yeah. for more people to get vaccines and for the uh, fans to come into the ballpark, that will be better, but it won't be better for them financially. And with the CBA coming up, you know, that's, that's a mess. So yes, right now, again, we're, we're 24 hours into the, essentially the news of yes, everything's going to kind of be normal. But that is until it's not normal, and we know it's not normal. Right, right up now. until it becomes really irregular. <laughs> because, yeah, like, there's a very fine line between pretending like everything is normal and everything being normal, right? And we'll see. I mean, uh, we'll see how much people have learned. <clears throat> we'll see how, what's the word I want to use? just how at the end of this, the players union is how tense that relationship really is. Um, because we know it's bad. I don't think I don't think the players threatened to strike over being forced into this situation. It's, it's more about the other things that we've talked about. It's just when do those things start getting folded together? That's my question. the players, the players want to go. Players want the right. games. Right. They're they the want, ones benefiting. Right. Yeah. Right. They're the ones who want to play the games. It's the like like you said, it's the answer being, well, just let the commissioner decide, right? Or it's gonna get messier, like you said. 
in Arizona and Florida probably won't happen, but you never know what kind of government intervention there could be. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting too, to see if the players union has a, you know, stays where they are. If, if guys start getting sick, if guys are, you know, it, wherever we are with this, it's going to be really interesting to see where we're at with the vaccine by that time. All that stuff is going yeah. to, you know, it's going to be in the air. It's going to be in, in flux. But the biggest thing for me is, is yeah, when this issue of how many games to play in 2020 or 2021, what, what year are we in now? Yeah. Hey, let's get rid of that other one. Uh, how many games to play in 2021? And like, do the players really want that? Like, is that, is that the best thing to go out there? And I understand you want to get your contracts for this year, but you, you also surrender a ton of leverage if you force that and it doesn't go well. Um, or if you force the owners to get the government involved because they're afraid, well, okay, we can have these games, but we can't have fans. And now the owners are going to freak and that's only going to further the tightening of the belt and the, the ridiculous crap, like cutting David Dahl or getting rid of Eddie Rosario. Like that gets a thousand times worse. If you force owners to play, let's say 30 games at the beginning of the season with no fans that they otherwise, like it just, it just so much, that much more dramatically increases the chances that the work stoppage comes whenever it comes, whether it's not till the CBA runs out and they just, or at a standstill, or if at some point one party or the other locks, there's a lockout or there's a strike because it's, that's a bad situation, man, to, to yeah. force 162, especially if you can't have fans. Like, don't make me side with the owners. Players, come on. Like, that's... Right, because, because you know, MLB and the, and the teams, they, they have no choice. The NFL just played a whole season. They're fine, Right. And the NBA got got through their their situation. NHLs is going forward. So you you know you what 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 other recourse kind of is there? You know, I mean, again, spring training might end up looking differently. I, I don't know how, how much that is a, a exactly a part of the the CBA. Maybe again, they're just playing on backfields, and um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. There's there's so still a long way to go. There's still yeah. a long way to go. But you're right. I mean, we could even see a situation where if the owners need to make up for some money, they say. All right, well, we're just going to have a lockout to start 2022, we're and we'll and and we'll we'll go ahead and 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 figure things out when we can essentially get back what we needed to from 21. So basically, they say, you know what? If if you uh, don't allow some kind of flexibility for a shortened season of 100 games, 120 games, whatever it is, right? And 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 you're forcing us to pay you an extra 60 games. Well, then. We're just gonna have we're just gonna lock you out after the CBA ends following the 2021 season, and we're not gonna sign a new CBA until two months into the season or 60 games, and there we get that back. And now it's it's Recruits going back and that. forth, uh, right? And now the players or maybe they have to sign a deal that's not as as friendly to them because they're like, shoot, we're out of work. We need to bend a little bit in order to give these owners what they want, and they'll then let us play, and then let us make millions of dollars. It's, it's going to be very ugly. So, you know, for anyone out there listening to this, anytime there's new news, you know, take it with a grain of salt and just know there's, there's a game of, of chess going on. And, and also again, at certain times, things just need to happen. 
And so this yeah. is the day for this decision. And, and that's, that's it. Um, some, something has to be done. And, and so, you know, we'll, we'll see if the trucks get loaded up for, for Scottsdale there at uh 2001 Blake street. Uh, if, if we'll have players report, I know, I know, I'm not sure what team, but one of the, uh, maybe it's the brewers there. They've got their youngsters going and, and reporting already for spring training. You know, usually this time in January, there's little mini camps. The Rockies had one last year, a little mini pitching camp. Yeah. These, these things, nothing's really much is made of it. Again, it's, you know, by the time players get to spring years. training, they're almost all ready to play. Right. It's just the right. pitchers that need to be, you know, stretched out. But the position players, they're they are ready to go. They're just spring training originated because players weren't ready to go in the offseason because they weren't getting paid very good money. They right. had other jobs. Right. And they're like, nah, you know what? They Sorry, need man, to get out of the plant. Drink a whiskey yeah. and smoking cigars down at the plant all off season. I, I usually sell a lot of cars in late March when it's you know when when the, when the weather gets a little bit warmer right. and I, I can't can't forego that paycheck if I sell a couple more Studebakers so they would show up with you know a little belly fat and they go, hey, you know what? What if we started a little bit earlier and and that was you know those are the origins of of spring training so. We'll see. Every day it's going to be uh, something new, uh, but but it will be a trickle. It's still going to be a trickle. Every day is an adventure with Major League Baseball. <laughs> There's just, who knows, but we'll be here. What we do know is that we will be here Monday through Friday, live on Periscope and Facebook at 4.05 or live on Wednesdays for the DFA show on YouTube. What are we doing on the DFA show this week? Yeah, I want people right now, either oh, in the comment right. section, in Discord, sending us an email, drew at the dnvr.com, patrick at the dnvr.com. You see our handles here, at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons. Reach out to us. We're doing a lookalike edition. Any, any Rockies player ever, who do they look like? That's notable. That's famous. Right. What do you think? Just let us know. There's plenty good ones out there. Even if we, even if we, again, if it's some obscure, you know, rugby player or, or cricket player, you go, Hey, that's a match that, that absolutely looks like Kyle Freeland, whatever it is. We'll take it. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. So you got to join us for that. In the meantime, stay subscribed or get subscribed to the DNVR.com because there you will find all of our written content. Plus, you get so many bonuses for subscribing to the DNVR.com. You get access to all the different sports that we cover here. So all the written content for Rockies, Nuggets, Avs, Broncos, but then, of course, the college beats, the Rams and the Buffs, and you get that rugby stuff. Plus, you get to come hang out with us in the Discord, chat with us all day about the Rockies or music or the Mandalorian or hiking or skiing and snowboarding whatever you want the dnvr staff we're always hanging there we all we all work digitally so we're usually semi-available to chat with all of you because you are who drive this whole thing as much as any of us here at dnvr we can't do it without you so make sure you're subscribed you're hanging out with us every day we appreciate you we literally cannot do this without you so keep being absolutely awesome out there i promise you we will keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.